Hi guys and welcome back to the Noir Girl Experience. I'm Zaria. And I'm Aziza. And today we have a special guest, but before we get into that, I just wanted to remind you guys to make sure you rate and review on Apple Podcasts and yep. make sure you're following us. Yes, all that. Five stars. Make sure you're following us and make sure you add our playlists, which are both on Apple Music and Spotify. It's all in the episode details, also in our link tree, which is in all the bios and whatnot. So, yeah. Um, Let's introduce our guest. Hello, special guest. Thank you for hello. being here. For hello, hello. This is my... This is my beautiful, beautiful friend, Esther. She, I met her in college. She is like a jack of all trades, in my opinion. She can literally do any and everything. <laughs> um, but I know you have interest in photography and finance, which is why we have you on the episode today. Yeah, where the money resides. Where the money resides. <laughs> Period. Um, so we're just so happy to have Esther here. She also has her own podcast, which we will definitely put in um, the description for you guys to check out if you're into financial literacy. Um, but yeah, so let's just get started. Okay, so I kind of wanted to start it off with you first intro introduce yourself esther and tell people who you are and how you became so interested in financial literacy okay i can do that i can do that so um my name's esther like z's mentioned uh i am like she said into a lot of things photography um etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, but my interest in financial literacy comes from my passion for business. So anyone who knows me knows that I'm Nigerian. And if you know any Nigerian, we're always talking about money. I don't know. I don't think I've ever met a Nigerian. I don't care what tribe or whatever that wasn't interested in money. So um, that was just a natural inkling um, growing up. Uh, my fascination with money really strengthened when I went to college and I was broke um, and that wasn't fun. Um, <laughs> so I lived in New York for what, four or five years. And I feel like that is the one city you learn that if you don't have money, your life is is terrible. Um, you can make it work, but it's like, no, this, this isn't it. So but that's where you learn the hustle though. You learn the hustle, but being broke and hustling is two different things. Now you're just trying to survive. Um, so that's where my, my, passion for like really understanding how money works and um the fundamentals of money within our society okay okay so of course we are the noir girl experience so we really love to focus just like on the black community and things like that so i really wanted to ask you in your personal opinion why is it important to teach financial literacy in the black community I think I think it's important to teach financial literacy, especially in the black community, is because it's something we lack. Um, money conversations aren't often had. Like we talk about secure the bag, secure the bag, but um, until recently, we 
we didn't start having legacy conversations or how to pass money, how to pass wealth. Um, we have this, like, I feel like uh, Black people are exposed to, like, um, basketball players or rappers or, like, musicians or specific type of people making money. But when we talk about everyday everyday individuals and um, them talking about, like, money, it's not really very common, um, which leads to a lot of problems. Uh, even even how many basketball players have gone bankrupt or football players or athletes have gone bankrupt because they didn't understand financial literacy. Um, and, and often it's like people people um, aren't exposed to these things. Like in high school, they're, they don't really talk about it. Um, people know that they have to do taxes every year, but I bet you 90% of people are doing taxes wrong every year. Like just off the fact of it, even with TurboTax, they're probably still filling out information wrong. So when we talk about financial literacy, it's yeah. such a big topic. We're talking about real estate. We're talking about um, estate planning. We're talking about taxes. We're talking about so many fields that aren't often talked about in our community, which often leads to other problems. Um, I like to say that um, it hurts, like it hurts to be poor. Like when you're poor, it, it really, <laughs> it causes more problems that you don't even understand. Um, and I think our community suffers from a lot of things. Um, but if we look at it, like, within our society, we also have to deal with structural racism, right? And we have to deal with redlining. And if you're not aware of the financial systems at play, then how can you benefit or make yourself a better person within the society and within the context of um, the U.S.? Absolutely. So, <laughs> For the people who didn't know, what does redlining mean? Because I surely did not know. Okay, so when we talk about, I don't, I don't want to like, I'm probably going to misdefine it, but when we talk about how, okay, so I'm starting to read, I know this is off script, I'm starting to read this book um, that specifically talks about how um, it's called The Color of Law, and it goes into all of that, but it talks about how the government and banks and all of that um, pretty much work together to create, like, they created the hoods, in a sense. So, like, you know how, how do I explain it? Okay, Williamsburg is all gentrified now, right? But if you go to Canarsie, it's, like, a little rough, right? right? So, perfect example. So, like, that wasn't accidental. It was structurally created so like they created zones where it's like this is like the rich neighborhood or like these are where white people can live or this is where black well, people can live. yeah yeah right so it's like banks and real estate officers will only show black people in this specific neighborhood it's not like they're saying it but it's like oh let me take you to canarsie because you know you're gonna fit in or like you know saying certain things where it's like oh you probably like it better and then if there's a white client oh, wait, let's let's go to williamsburg let's go to um, right. Like really uh, creating. So like when we talk about like zoning and all of that, that's part of redlining. So how certain areas get more funding, like you can go to one area and the school system is different because they've created these borders, right, where it's like, okay, this is where we give more funding to and then we kind of De, not defund, but we less we lessens the funds available to the areas of these neighborhoods, which often are occupied by brown and brown people. So, yeah, all of that. Mm, U.S. Right, <laughs> that's like a whole nother topic. But essentially, you're saying having or knowing financial literacy can allow our community to kind of better bypass the 
Well, I don't know if it can necessarily bypass. Well, if you look at how the U.S. is is set up, it's so rooted in racism that it's like, yeah, understanding financial literacy just puts you in the. I don't want to say the playing field, but it it lets you understand certain things. Like by law, banks cannot deny someone for the color of their skin, and a whole bunch of other stuff. There are laws put in place. However can you control a real estate agent from showing you one neighbor to, you know what I'm saying? Like there's still things that are in place that, that play in hand. Understanding financial literacy is just the bare minimum that anyone needs to understand. Right. But when we talk about black people, because we have so much things stacked against us in this country, not understanding financial literacy is like shooting your own foot. Like you have to understand, you have to understand the money that you're working so hard to secure yeah and on that note um we was hoping that you could share some of your favorite financial tips so that our um listeners can you know hopefully implement some of the little tips and tricks that you have that you want to share okay so i'll start with like one like my my favorite one and it's probably the one most people talk about when they talk about financial literacy but it's budgeting um and the reason that's important is because it's it's critical to know what you make but where your money is going like if you if you have a shopping habit of spending five hundred dollars you need to understand like or if you want to travel or if you if budgeting, um, and a lot of people don't like it because they feel like it's rigid or hard, but budgeting is the basic step of understanding just where your money, your personal finance is going to, like how much you require to sustain the lifestyle you create. So if you spend $5,000 a month um, on whatever, right, but you only make 3000 then in terms of you're, you're in deficit, right? You're, you're in deficit. Uh, um, and then we have the whole like living paycheck to paycheck thing. So if you know that you need um, $5,000 a month to sustain your lifestyle, then you might have to make a difficult decision and leave your job and get another job. But we don't often talk about that. Like if you think about how like minimum wage works, no one can, most of the time minimum wage isn't living wage. So most of the money you're making isn't meant for you to sustain yourself. But like maybe you, you go back, get a certificate and you're doing IT and making, you know, 30 plus thousands while doing less to work. It's one of those things. So budgeting, um, I'm a big fan of it. I've used it to live the way below my means. Um, just understanding how much I need to sustain, but also enjoy life and, mm-hmm. and be able to take the rest of that money and do something else with it. Um, and also help, like, you know, with just like discretionary spending right yeah it helps give you that kind of control (laughs) if you know if you know you make two thousand a month your bills come down to a thousand there's nothing wrong with like saying i'm gonna spend a hundred dollars on myself like i put a hundred dollars in my budget um to spend on whatever without feeling guilty like absolutely whatever like this is money meant to be wasted um with no explanation like i think it's a form of self-love like i just bought some face face stuff i'm like yeah i don't need it but let's go buy it anyways Um, (laughs) that's like me with my random amazon shopping see that's why i'm glad i don't have amazon anymore (laughs) i have to call my cousin every time i need amazon it's a slippery slope for sure oh did you guys know that very a tangent there's the outlet section on amazon 
where they have all the um all the stuff that's uh they overstocked on and they sell it for discount no i'm gonna, I'm gonna send you the <laughs> i'll send it to you after the wow. show noir um, girl listeners you just <laughs> learned something <laughs> that's crazy yeah so that's that's one um the second one would be to automate your saving or investing or whatever so for me i have a certain percentage of my money taken out for my 401k hsa um and i used to have it directly sent to my savings but i stopped that for um, personal reasons but automating it kind of tricks your brain so like if you i'm gonna use the 2000 if you get paid 2000 and you automate a hundred dollars to your retirement fund then technically you only have a thousand nine hundred to live off of therefore living below your means automatically um, and investing that money in the meantime. So budget, um, automate whatever you can, remove the emotional human factor of it. Because if you if you have the option to think about spending money on a purse versus investing, most likely forget, you know, forget the investing. Um, and then the third, the third one, um, Excuse me. The third one would be to invest your money, like whatever you can invest early and often. That's like one of the sayings in finance. But like everyone's biggest regret, regret when you talk to older people is like, I wish I started investing early. I wish I started. And it's crazy. Like if you do a, a retirement calendar or just like a, a, a forecast, right, about if you invest like five dollars starting at 20 for 40 years like you'll be surprised um after compound interest how much that adds up to be so those are my three budget automate and then invest what you can so as far as investing what would be the best approach for like a complete beginner that knows literally nothing so i think it depends on your situation so like if you're if you're employed and your company has a 401k match, like that's a good place to start. Like if they have a 4%, because it's like you don't really choose the funds they have, like they choose whatever um, and you're investing. And it's like, not to assume, but like investing always has its risk. But I'm, in this case, we're assuming like the company isn't going to mess up with your money. Like you choose your mix. Um, but the first thing is to understand your risk tolerance. Right. So some people, some people are like, okay, some people are more conservative and, you know, they don't want to go for high, like Tesla's or whatever, or Neo or stock like that. So if you understand what your, your risk tolerance is, then, um, when you start to invest or choose your, your mix, um, that you can gauge that like some things are too risky for your appetite. Uh, the next thing is to look into ETFs. Um, it's often recommended that individuals shouldn't invest in individual stocks and they should do um, already like mixed funds. So like VOO is one of them, VWO, like things that already have a, a diversified portfolio versus trying to pick the next Tesla or whatever, whatever. Um, but first step is to understand your risk tolerance. Second is to read and research. Like I read so many books before I even started investing. And even now I still like, it's still like, can I do it? Like, should I invest? But it's like, I don't I don't think we can afford not to invest, right? The S&P 
um, I'm probably going to misquote this, but the S&P has continuously grown over the last 30 years, even including the 2008 crash and the 2001 bubble. Like even within the crash over the long term, um, it does well. And for me, that's my strategy. Like I'm investing long term. Like I'm not here for the quick buck. Um, like my strategy is dividend and high yield or high um, growth stock. So it's like I'm producing money um, and reinvesting that income. And then I'm also looking for things that are going to grow um, over time. Um, and my strategy when I first started is, do I think this company, I asked myself, do I think this company is going to be in here 10 years? And do I know someone personally that shops there? So one of the first few stocks I bought was Costco. And I only bought it because every time my mom goes into Costco, she spent like 200 plus dollars. And at the time, Costco was like less than 180 or something per share. And the crazy thing is like, first of all, this Nigerian woman, I know at least 20 other Nigerian women shopping at Costco, spending $300 on nothing, on nothing. So it's like with that logic in 10 years, I know that there's still going to be Costco around. And it's like, you know, you just have to find what works, but reading and really understanding those fundamentals um, can go a long way. What I wanted to ask you was for you personally, because I know in our high school, we did have a class that was called financial literacy. But Azizi, you could correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't remember learning anything about like taxes or um, like investing, things like that. I really don't remember learning anything like that. So for you, Esther, do you think that in these kinds of classes, like those kinds of things should be implemented. Well, because I know for most high schools, they probably don't even have financial lit classes, but how important do you think those classes are and what exactly should they be teaching children at, I guess, a high school level? Wow, I think, okay, so I was spoiled. I was in something called the Academy of Finance. So we did taxes, we did all of that. Like we had to do all of that. So I think, um, from my experience in high school, I think, um, I think what anyone at what that's teenage years, I think you should understand what money is. Like they teach it, but like really the fundamentals of money, right? It's medium exchange, et cetera, et cetera. Second, um, taxes, because you're going to have to pay taxes for the rest of your life. People say what? The only two things that are guaranteed is that you pay taxes and you die. I don't like the taxes part. I'm still trying to figure out not to pay taxes, but um, like it's just very critical that you understand. <laughs> like, like I'm not trying to do it. Um, I think it's very critical that you understand um, the tax code. What type of like if you ask somebody what tax bracket they're in, most people are probably going to be like, "What are you talking about?" Right? The tax code, the tax laws, pretty much change every year. Right? There's different. Like last year, you might have been able to um, write off having a dog, right? This year, you can't do that anymore. So it's constantly changing. Um, but having a, a brief synopsis of how it works and where to find the proper information is critical. Um, what else? Uh, budgeting, how to manage your money. Like money management is one of the reasons most people are in the problems they're in. Like, I feel like if people knew how to manage the small amount of money they have, then they'll be able to uh, manage big amounts of money. 
Um, and then let's see. Um, definitely investment, but more so um, ROIs. Like I feel like finance can get very technical, and that's where a lot of people get lost. But if we think about bigger pictures, uh, that's like if anyone can understand that. If I spent a dollar um, today, right, it's it's gone. But if I invest a dollar today, then you know I have more more money tomorrow possibility or compound interest. Um, I think I think okay. So I have this on my wall. So when I look at money, money is our society, housing, food, and opportunities, um, and that's the four segments of it. So um, what what does money allow people to do? Um, or the lack thereof, right? So when we talk about housing, how to get your first house, how to get real estate. Um, and there's a reason people constantly talk about real estate and land and have an ownership, right? So money equates to, money provides opportunities, which provides to ownership and really controlling your life. That's what we talk about when we talk about money, right? And that's why I'm so passionate about it because if you can control your money, right, you can control the opportunities that lie. And most people get stuck in this whole, nine to five or working 40 years at a job they don't like because they didn't figure out one what they wanted or what they needed to survive and two um how to maximize effort and output without doing too much if that makes sense getting back to our high school and our experience with financial literacy they you were right zaria they definitely didn't talk about taxes or like any of those things but something that i always remember i took from it was the conversation about credit which i think is also another important thing when it comes to financial literacy um we did have a little bit about budgeting uh but i i would say probably the most we spent during the the marking period was about credit. Mm -hmm. um, Which is important. I definitely agree. Right. And I'm glad I'm glad that we even had a class like that in the first place because I'm sure like the public schools in our city did not have anything like that. So right. I think it's important and it definitely needs to be taught in more schools, especially like the public schools, the schools with primarily black and brown students. Like, it's just not fair that they're not being taught this stuff. Yeah, they need to know what's available and how important credit is and how to be responsible with their credit. Because it is so easily to just mess it up. So well, I have a question. Um, so why would you like this is not this is not to sound cynical, but it's like I think it's um, methodical in, in not teaching brown and black people um, about credit because it's like how often I feel like I know someone who run up their card um, every other week and you're like, why? Right. And it's like it's very like if you think about the whole system, it's like it's a business and it's like if you don't teach people then they get stuck in a trap and they benefit benefit from um them not knowing like how many people like it, the fact that you can get a fifty thousand dollar loan for school and not understand interest and the terms of your agreement is really like you you, you ever think about that like they let yeah girls sign up for a hundred thousand dollar loans and they really don't understand like those loans have high interest like 
<laughs> credit cards have one of the highest interest at like 18%, right? Versus a home loan at 3%. And if you put that into perspective, you're really paying a lot of money for free money. But um, there's a reason why they don't do it. But hopefully, you know, we're changing and people are <laughs> becoming more aware. Right. And I know that for our school, you know, it wasn't a public school, but it was like, how do you say, how do you call it, Zari? It was like a county school. Yeah, it was like so, a county vocational school. Right. But they had, a I wouldn't say influence, but I feel like they collaborated a lot with other high schools in the area. So um, hopefully, you know, other high schools in our area was able to benefit from the the those kind of classes as well and then yeah but I feel like that's like one of the most important things like I'm literally having conversations with my little brother he's about to be 17 and I was just like I'm just gonna take it upon myself to kind of talk to you about like what it means to have credit what it means to like budget your money spending all of that like we literally have full conversations about that. Yeah. So in piggybacking off of that, I wanted us each to just kind of share. It doesn't have to be too personal, but can we each share one financial goal we have? It could be short term or long term. And I wanted to start with that because one of mine is to definitely um, make my credit score go up, which I think is like most people. <laughs> but um, I've definitely <laughs> been working on that during the pandemic. And believe it or not, I feel like in the pandemic, I've saved a lot of money because I'm not going anywhere. So no, that has helped me. <laughs> I think that's helped a me a lot. Can, yeah, a lot of people can agree with that one. <laughs> So, yeah, that's my little goal. Like, I really want to just keep seeing my credit score go up as much as I can get it and just keep trying to work at that. So, yeah, my financial goal is um, it's a long term goal, but I really want to buy a house and. I don't expect to be able to buy a house anytime soon. Like that is like my five-year plan. But I think something as big as buying a house just needs, you know, just start early and just start planning um, and start saving. So um, that's just something that I've been recently trying to work towards in the long term. These are some nice goals. All right. So mine <laughs> is um, I want to max out my Roth. IRA before the tax deadline. Um, so it's a short-term goal. So you have up to 15 months to max out your Roth IRA. Um, so by April 15th, whatever tax day is, April 15th, I want to have $6,000 yeah, towards um, that account, investing in city. All right. All right. So I really... I'm so glad that we got you on this episode and I want everyone to just chime in. Let us know you guys' personal goals. Like you could DM us. I'll probably put something in the story to where you could share because um, I definitely would like to know that. And you could even be inspiring someone else to, you know, pick up and start on their own little financial journey. Right. Um, 
So, are we ready to get into listener questions? Do you have any final words, Esther? Uh, I think, okay, I think my final words would be don't be afraid of your finances or your money or to look like quote-unquote stupid asking about things you don't know. Like, you don't know what you don't know. Um, And I think too many of us are too comfortable sitting in our own ignorance and that stops us from getting to where we want to be. So it's like, you might look stupid, but like, look stupid until you look until you don't look stupid because it's like somebody might be laughing at you but you're gonna be sitting in your house in five years and you'll be like <laughs> y'all thought it was funny back then so you know don't be afraid to ask and just be inquisitive you know money isn't anything to be scared of it's definitely a tool we use to create the lifestyle we want so those are my last little tidbits spoken so eloquently okay yes now it's time for the listener question So our listeners have submitted some questions for us. Um, So yes, Esther, definitely we want to hear your opinion. Um, Zaria, do you want me to start or do you want to start? I'll start since I only have one here. So the one I got was, what are our thoughts on the Danny Lay song and the backlash she's currently getting? So I guess maybe we have to give like context to that if people don't know. Um, so Danny Lay, is that how you even say her name? I don't even know. I don't care. And not yeah, I don't really care either. Um <laughs> Danny, that's what we're gonna call her. She put out a snippet of a song that was saying something along the lines of yellow bone, that's what he wants. And people a lot of people on social media um took offense to it and were attacking her and she then responded saying like you know women flaunt their melanin skin all the time dark-skinned women praise their skin tone all the time how come i can't you know flaunt my my light skin okay so yeah she then went to uh she deleted her account or something right like she deactivated for like a day or two after she called us haters oh yeah she said we're haters and then she deactivated her account and then she came back (laughs) like the next day (laughs) and (laughs) i'm sorry this is too funny to me she made an apology video and said her man is chocolate and she didn't mean to offend (laughs) y'all so what are y'all so thank you for giving me context i saw it and i was like this isn't even worth my time and you just proved that it wasn't worth my time um i think it's crazy that so we're all I guess dark skin we're not even dark skin um but we're all brown women here and I think it's crazy that um a light-skinned woman felt the need to create an anthem when society literally praises light-skinned women like I don't I feel like it's almost sitting in your own um privilege of like yeah I want to promote myself but it's like everything around you promotes itself like the reason brown skin girl by Beyonce and all of that was like needed is because 
like how many brown skinned females girls and women have gone through being traumatized for their skin colors i was like for her to say that i feel like she was culturally insensitive and unaware and it's like sis you didn't need to like you could have sat down somewhere with that that's my thoughts I mean, I definitely agree. I think the saddest part of the whole story is that I saw one of her friends, um, Zara, you probably, is EJ, one of her hairstylist friends, whatever, who's brown skin, literally like telling her, it's okay, girl, we know your heart. Like no one is even holding her accountable in her own circles. So the internet had to. And that's just how I feel. She is canceled in my book. Um, I'm going to miss the song Easy, but bye. I don't care. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I just, I, I don't just think it's just so stupid. Like, was it worth it? The song is terrible, first of all. I, the little snippet was so bad. <laughs> it was so bad. I kept telling my friends, I'm like, this sounds like Ice JJ Fish. Like, <laughs> And this is, it was just like, this was just so obvious and so blatant that it was, like you said, like it didn't even, I didn't even feel like angry or anything. I was just like, this girl is just an idiot and I, I'm not even going to bother myself with this. Yeah, I don't think she's all that bright. And honestly, it was just, I think the most confusing part to me was that I never heard a non-Black woman refer to themselves as a yellow bone. Like, I always thought that was, like, a Black thing. Like, I thought she had to be Black to be, right? <laughs> Remember what she said. She's Hispanic, so she's white. She's what black. do that mean? <laughs> <laughs> so that's where that comes from. But I agree. I thought that was a, a Black thing as well, so... And she came with the apology video with box braids. I said, okay, sure. Let's just, you know what? I'm not giving myself the headache anymore. I understand why people were so upset, but it won't be me. I'm so sorry. I choose peace. I'm not about to let these light-skinned girls get me mad. Like, I just can't do it. I can't. I can't. Just delete the song off the playlist and... Yeah, I can't. Okay, so um, one of our listeners submitted this question. Would you cut off friends because your partner is insecure? I feel like I need more context. Yikes. That's all we got. But, <laughs> but okay, let's play what if, right? Let's play what if. Uh, what if your partner is insecure because this was someone you've messed with in the past and now you guys are friends. Um, so would I cut my friend off? Mm-hmm. Esther, what you think? Go ahead. <laughs> I, I truly, so, I don't think, I feel like it's rare. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I feel like it's rare for you to be friends with somebody you messed with. So if my partner is asking me to do that, then I'll cut them off. Well, let me, it depends on, it depends, but I would, if it, if this is someone I see myself creating something with, then I would cut the, I would cut it off out of respect of, um, 
not having a situation that creates doubt in their mind. Like there's certain things like if you're just jealous of somebody I'm friends with for a long time, nothing happened and no, but like, if this is like, there's a past and you have reason to be like, Oh, I can't like, if you're alone with them, I think you're doing something. One, you should trust me. But two, I can understand that. Cause I'd be making up stories. So I don't want you being friends with nobody. Some girl you talking about some, yeah, we used to know. So if I want you to cut it off, I'm expect the same. I'll do the same. Um, yeah, I don't see myself even being friends with somebody I messed with before anyway. So yeah, no, it probably isn't that important of a relationship to me, like a friendship. So I feel like I would cut them off, especially like you said, like if it's a serious relationship and I see a future with my partner and they're like, I'm uncomfortable with you being friends with this person that you used to deal with, like, fine, sure. I hope that you would do the same for me, but you know, I will cut the person off. Only if it's serious though. I think the question itself would really bother me um, because I'm just very big on trust. I feel like if there is no trust, there is no relationship. And for you to be that uncomfortable for me screams, you don't trust me 100%. I will, I could see myself still doing it because like still cutting the person off if it was someone that I messed with in the past. Just because sometimes I'm, I, I you know, I, I please. So I'm like, okay, if that's what he wants, like I'll do it. But I know that it will definitely cause a strain in our relationship because, um, That'll be something that will really annoy me and we'll probably have to have like a few talks about it before I let it go. Um, like that would be probably like a, a issue for sure. Um, but if I've never done anything with the person, like you can't make me do that. And I will just fight back. Like I'm not doing that. So, and I'll get upset for you even asking me. I'll, I'll literally get upset for you even asking me. So that might be the end of our relationship. Is just off that. Trust, is it really a trust thing or a boundaries issue? But it, it can't be boundaries unless I'm, like, hanging out with the person, like... But you don't know the situation. Alone, alone after hours, you know. Things what? happen before hours. Let's not act like... It's just I don't feel like I should be like, oh, because I have a, a boyfriend, like, I literally can never, like, see or talk to you ever again. Sorry. Like, I'm not going to sit here and make plans to go out with you, but, like, damn, I can't even text him to ask, you know, for his playlist? I can't. No. <laughs> Things could come across the wrong way. I feel like that's where you would want to, like, like lock it off because you don't want your partner to see like the name pop up on your phone like you know what I'm saying like things just could be read a different way and you don't want that so right like I get what you're saying but things happen people blow things out of proportion even if it's innocent y'all texting dm and whatever but you don't ever want your partner to have to look at you in that kind of way like hmm you mean sneaky? Mm. I don't know. Okay, what's the next? This this is the next question. 
what does 50-50 look like in a relationship? And this, the person is referring to anything from bills, emotions, assets. Ooh. Um, do we genuinely think every single relationship should be 50-50, though? Like, I don't think so. So I don't really know how to say my shit not gonna be fifty fifty. <laughs> I didn't want to be the first to say that, but <laughs> I agree. I think I think it's more about so when okay, I'm gonna talk about since I talk about finance. Um, I recently saw something about different styles people can have their household, so they can be a one income family where one person pays the bills, other person stays home. You can do fifty fifty. You can do equity, like equitable. Like if I make more, then I'll pay the like mortgage and whatever, and the other person pays the electric. So like sixty forty or whatever percentage of the income. Um, but somebody, um, so I don't think it can ever really be 50-50, but um, someone told me a quote that I kind of love. They said, some days you'll do 80, some days they'll do 20, um, and then they'll be reversed, but it always evens out to 100. Uh, I think 50-50 is hard, but if there's balance and, like, you're giving, it's not like you're half, I'm not trying to curse on your podcast, but it's not like you're half doing it. Um, then I think it, it evens out. But I think 50-50 is genuinely hard across the table. Um, I don't think it's impossible, but I know I don't like spending my own money. So, uh, yeah. I like that quote. Um, I could understand that, you know, sometimes you having to put, you know, m- more of the effort than the other person um in certain times but yet in a general sense no um i'm gonna be on the lesser end hopefully so maybe like you know i'm the 40 to the 60 that'd be beautiful um but you know in times of crisis i can definitely step up to the plate but uh yeah i think especially with i mean the person noted bills and assets so Those are all, like, financial things. Um, But what about emotion? Emotion? Um, I don't have context, (laughs) but that's what the question had. I feel like... See, I feel like... I don't know. I really don't know how to answer this because I really like that whole thing of just, like, it'll balance itself out. It doesn't matter if it's 50-50... 60 40 whatever like I don't know what 50 50 looks like you know because to me that sounds like we're keeping tabs in like tallies every time I hear 50 50 I think of like keeping note of you did this I do this you did this I do this and I just feel like who wants to live like that like that's whack I don't like that so just if you feel good that it it should work like you feel good, your partner feels good, everything is taken care of, you're happy, um, you're not, you know, emotionally, feeling emotionally void and, like, unattended to, yeah, or exhausted on the other end of the spectrum, it should just feel good, like, a good balance, you know? Yeah. 50-50, I think that's, like, a myth. I don't, I really don't know where people get that from. It's probably men. 
trying to, you know, promote that. So, you know, we step up more, I guess. That's probably where it came from. I don't know about that. What men? I don't know about that. Let me stop before the men say I'm bashing them again. I just feel like, no, for real, like, where do you guys think that came from? Because I just feel like even, like, grandparents, great-grandparents, my parents, like, that was never a thing. (laughs) Like, I just never heard no 50-50. Like, what is this? When did this, was it our age group that came up with this? I wouldn't say our age group, but I think it's more of a modern woman type of thing. If, if, if we look at the whole, like, woman movement and everything. I feel like 50-50 is, like, having. I think it's our generation. You think I, it's our I think it's the generation before us. Because <laughs> if you. I've, I've seen people in the generation before us, and the men, like, he never asked for 50-50. He just he asked for like, On a date? Like, no. you go out on a date. Not on a date, like, in a relationship. I don't know. I don't I don't think it's... Okay, what are you defining as our generation? Like, millennials, quote-unquote? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, then, yeah, most likely. Because <laughs> that goes up to, like, 30-something. Like, I count myself as... At this point, as Gen Z, based off of the, um, I refuse a bunch of the, there's been studies that have came out and said that Gen Z starts at, um, 1996. Yeah, and I, I don't claim it. Oh. (laughs) That, that came out after they were like, y'all millennials, y'all millennials, so I don't claim it. Yeah, first we were the last year in millennials, then they said that we were the first year in Gen Z. Gen Z a little off, that's why I'm not claiming it. (laughs) Well, okay. I, I honestly, sorry. Like, I really, I don't know. I, but I do think it's it's our generation, and or I guess the um, yeah, our generation, Gen Z. I don't know. I think it comes from. I think it's more so a woman thing, because I feel like I don't know. I don't know if it's necessarily men who would be saying that I feel like men some men not all men like now it depends on like culturally but some men like the whole like oh I can take care of my girl like I'm in charge type of things like I feel like and this is something I think about like I'm probably gonna make hopefully not maybe hopefully we'll make it even but like make more than my like the person I'm dealing with and it's like some guys don't like that right and it's like when we talk about emotional capacity um this is a generalization but how often are guys emotionally available to even give you the emotional capacity that you require as a woman like you know what i'm saying like there's i don't know yeah because that's why they be saying they don't even understand us at <laughs> right like I don't, I don't think it was our, I feel like it's been a common, like a common concept, but I feel like our generation is probably the one to vocalize it more because um, we're tired. My whole thing is like, if I'm pouring into you, pour into me. So I guess that's, I don't know if that's 50-50, but it's like, if I'm feeding your soul, you should feed my soul as well. Um, yeah, but 
Who am I to say? No, that's that's what we saying too. Yeah, I don't know. I think people should just let go of the whole 50-50 thing. Like, maybe it is possible, but I feel like you shouldn't try to map out your life and your relationship based on that, you know? Right. It just seems like a lot of pressure. That's I just, just need someone to show me what 50-50 looked like. Then I could be like, oh, that? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Maybe they... I'll Maybe put 50, it... 50 looks like um, I, I do the dishes two times a week. You do the dishes two times a week. We eat out the other three. Like, oh, maybe I'm not bad at that. <laughs> Maybe it's literally like I we go back and forth doing the laundry. Like I did one, like literally things that you can literally. Okay, I did last like time I you did it. wash dishes. Isn't that fifty fifty? If I cook, you wash dishes. Yeah. Yeah. See, I don't mind that. I hate washing dishes. Ask your followers. Somebody comment what fifty fifty looks like, cause I don't know. Literally, let us know what you think fifty fifty looks like. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I really, I just think everything is is perspective because cooking for you may be the happiest thing you've ever done in your life and washing dishes may be the worst thing he ever, ever has to do in his life. So now is that really 50-50? <laughs> like, it's just too many, like, it's too much to try to like think about to try to be like, okay, it's 50-50, like. It is 50-50. I don't care if you're miserable. You're getting fed. <laughs> but he's not happy. He's not happy doing one thing, but his stomach is going to be happy. I feel like it balances out. You know, life <laughs> is about sacrifice. True. <laughs> or make more money and buy a dishwasher. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Those were all of our listener questions. Um, thank you, Esther, for your uh, advice. Um, we are going to move to Song of the Week. Song of the Week. Song of the Week. Yes. Okay. Guess you go first. All right. So all right. my song. I'm echoing. Um. So my song is Sober by, I feel like I'm going to mess up her name, but Mahalia. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's my song of the week. I've been playing it on repeat for the whole week. Am I next or you? No, you can go. Um, My song of the week is Damage by Her. I really, really love that song. Sabop. Go listen to it. Okay. And my song. So the last episode, Zaria put y'all on to Jasmine Sullivan and her new project. And I recently listened to it. And now I can't get this whole EP out of my head. It's so good. So since that's the only thing I've been listening to all week, I had to add another song from the project on our playlist. And I'm going with um, The Other Side. 
Are these in my feel songs? Am I going to be in my feelings? Because Jasmine Sullivan only be singing emotional, I'm about to cry type of. Some of them, some of the songs are um, like in your feelings, but not the one I added. Um, it's a, like a, I'm a bad okay. type song. Like it's literally, it's good, but it's also like kind of poking at like some of the false stereotypes that's in the media or like what we see on social media um, as far as like what looks like, you know, the life and what sometimes we may crave just based off of what media portrays. So it's kind of like a play on that um, as well. So I, I feel like this time around, it's emotional, but it's like good. It's like what we're thinking. She literally wrote it down and put it on, put it in a song, like all of our different thoughts throughout the week. She, and then she has like skits in between each song that kind of has a story that relates to the song. And it's not long, like how Tory Lanez was. It's like short, sweet, to the point. Love it. That's a good pick. I love that song. If you haven't listened to Jasmine Sullivan's Hotels yet, definitely listen to it. It's really definitely. good. Now I'm just mad I didn't listen sooner. Yeah, but but now you're hip. And yeah, that's that. So are we closing out now? This was such a good episode. Like, I'm excited to listen to it myself, even though I was here. Literally, <laughs> I need to go back and be like, okay, what's a, what's an ETF again? <laughs> Let me go Google that. <laughs> but yeah, we like I learned a lot. Like, um, And it's also driving me to want to go and try to budget. It's one of the things I suck at. So just knowing how important it is, I need to like really get on that ASAP. Well, the easiest way to start is to um, just gauge how much you spend on everything. That's like the easiest starting point, like rent 500, not even exact. Like if you do the tracking, there might be too much food 100 and then like seeing it or print out your bank statement. If you print out your bank statement, you'll just be like, you know what? <laughs> Maybe I can cancel or <laughs> close this Amazon tab. Yeah. Or yeah. cancel this subscription. Or cancel this subscription. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> You're right. I, like, I literally need it in this pandemic. But um, I guess, first of all, Esther, do you want to let them know all of your social media handles where they could find you and ask you a million and one questions? <laughs> first, before I, I plug in all my stuff, thank you, Z. Thank you, Zaria, for having me. Um, really appreciate it. Uh, so all my social media app. Um, so on my website, you can find me at um, neverbroke.com. Then there's Instagram, we never broke. That's W-E-N-E-V-A-B-R-O-K-E. Then on Twitter, which I never post on, but um, I'll get better. Um, never broke pod, um, which is the same thing uh, for, I believe, Facebook. And I think that's it. That's all the socials. Um, but yeah, hit me up. All the questions. I'm definitely interested in talking to especially Black people about finance and just how to build this wealth thing. Like, it's it's long time coming absolutely and thank you so much for coming and blessing our listeners definitely we have to have you back 
um, in the future. So hopefully, you know, you want to come back and kick it with us. Um, but yeah, like I said in the beginning, make sure you guys rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at the Noir Girl Experience. And um, yeah, you can follow me, Zaria, on Instagram at Hey It's Poochie. Yep, and you can follow me on Instagram as well at Aziza M. Everything that we just said in the last three minutes will be listed in the description. So don't worry about spelling. We got you. Um, just check us out. And yeah, that's about it. Definitely. Oh, yes. Let us- I definitely forgot one thing. What else? Noir Girl listeners, you guys all receive a 15% discount if you use the code Noir Girl at Aura Rouge Beauty, which is my Black-owned small business. Um, definitely go shop. We have the best lipsticks and the best highlighters. You can find pictures all over um, the Instagram at Aura Rouge Beauty. So you can, you know, definitely see different shades, see what you think would look great on you. Um, but yeah, 15% off. Go check it out. And that's on what? Very Hello Lamb. Period. <laughs> Period. And on that note, we're out of here. Bye. Bye.